Welcome back to the Grand Valley Church Podcast, a community of faith in Brandon, Manitoba. We hope this message helps you meet Jesus and grow in faith. This morning, we're launching into a new sermon series, and it's kind of how we do things around here. We take a big concept and we break it down into a couple weeks. And each week is about kind of giving us one step, the next part of the story, the next step we need to to tackle this. And so today we're talking about being overwhelmed when too much is too much. Now just think about this for a moment. Have you ever felt stressed, burnt out, overwhelmed at the end of your rope, don't know what to do next? Have you ever had that feeling? You know, or maybe, maybe you're one of those people where you're just like, everything is calm, everything is wonderful, everything rolls off your back. Or maybe you look up at this picture of this guy with four hands trying to juggle everything going on and you think, man, that looks kind of like getting my kids here on a Sunday morning. See, being overwhelmed, being stressed, feeling anxious, getting burnt out, these are things that can affect all of us at different times. And so that's what we're going to launch into. And we're going to talk about this together as a church of what does it mean when we get overwhelmed and what do we do about it? What are some of the practical ways we can do, things we can do to be able to tackle this problem of getting overwhelmed or burnt out, stressed, anxious? But why is this an important topic? And so the latest Canadian stats, this is from 2014, and this was a study done all across Canada. 25% of people reported that they were highly stressed, that they were experiencing this high level of stress that was leading towards being stressed or burnt out. And then a further 46% said they were under a fair bit of stress. That was the next highest category you could check off. So you put those together, 71% of the people who responded in this survey said that they were highly stressed or under a fair bit of stress. 70%. That's pretty high. That affects all of us. Now, here's the thing. Burnout is common. Burnout, feeling overwhelmed, feeling stressed. That's kind of the first myth we always think is, I'm the only one feeling stressed. I'm the only one feeling worried. But I just want to dispel that myth right off the bat. It's something that's common. It's something we all face. And so I want to throw this kind of first question up, and it's a multiple choice one that you can respond to through the YouVersion event, is this. How would you describe your level of stress in the last week? Just think about your last week. And there's a couple categories you can click from. We're going to review that together. But if in this Canadian study, they said 71% of people were stressed out, highly stressed. Now, there's something that tells me. There's, in fact, there's two things it tells me. So there's 29% of people that responded that they weren't stressed out. So I need to find one of them and trade places with them, right? You know, just just swap lives, like that would solve it, right? Wouldn't it? Not quite. Oh, then we'd be creating the stress for them, yeah. But secondly, what this tells me is there is a way to live where you don't have to be stressed out, where you don't have to be overwhelmed, where you don't have to be burnt out. And 29% of people have figured that out, and they've taken steps towards it. So us, the other 71%, which I would probably throw myself in, we need to figure that out. And so this is my hope for this series. After these four weeks, today and the next three weeks, that we're going to have some practical steps, some practical considerations. We're going to learn what Scripture has to say about this and and what, what God wants to tell us about being burnt out, being stressed out, being overwhelmed. We're going to tackle that together. So this is our hope that after this, we'll have a practical path for how we handle being overwhelmed. 
Now, there's this starting point we always got to start with, is how do we understand what being overwhelmed or burnt out is? And this is, this is the best definition that I could find that I want, we're going to unpack together. Burnout is when a passionate and committed person becomes deeply disillusioned with their circumstances or their career, and all their enthusiasm gets taken away. That's what being burnt out or being overwhelmed is. Let's unpack this a little. It starts with this, when a passionate and committed person... See... The things that we hate don't burn us out or overwhelm us because we'll find ways to quit doing those. In fact, getting burnt out usually happens with something we love. It happens when we care about our careers, when we care about our families, when we care about the things we're involved in because we want them to succeed, we want them to do well. It's things that we love that actually will burn us out because we want to see them do well. So... The first part is, and especially if, if maybe you're, you're with careers specifically, if your career is something that is, gives you a, a strong sense of identity, it's something you really care about, you like what you do, that actually puts you at a higher risk of burnout because you love what you do and it's part of who you are. Again, if we hate what we do, it's not really going to burn us out because we'll find a way to quit it or we'll find a way to stop it or we'll find a way to change it. Burnout happens when we care about things. Secondly, there's this, this phrase, when a passionate, committed person becomes deeply disillusioned. When burnout starts to set in, when getting overwhelmed sets in, it's almost like wearing sunglasses all the time, especially if they're tinted in a funky color, because it starts kind of putting this hazy cloud on everything we see. Some people describe it as like a fog settling into their brain. We just can't see clearly. We can't think clearly. We feel like we're always, you know, struggling to, to make sense of what's going on. It disillusions us from what's really happening. It's like wearing your sunglasses all the time and you wonder, why is it so dark in this room right now? And it's like, well, everything we're seeing is being tinted by this burnout. And lastly, it says, so deeply disillusioned with their circumstances or their career and all their enthusiasm gets taken away. See, when our enthusiasm gets taken away by being burnt out or overwhelmed, we, we start to care less about what's going on. Things that we previously loved and, and enjoyed doing start to kind of almost feel like they're distant and separate. And we want to, you know, kind of push that away. A word that often gets used to describe it is apathy. We start to not care about the results. We start to just say, well, it doesn't matter if it works out or if it doesn't work out. I just don't care. See, when our enthusiasm gets taken away in one area of our lives, it starts spilling over and affecting other areas of our lives, and we start to care less about things in, in other areas. So maybe if your burnout or being overwhelmed is related to your work, you might realize that when you get home, you're also kind of in this state of just not really caring, of, of you're just not enthusiastic about anything. Maybe it's you don't want to get together with your friends, you don't want to really hang out with your family, things like hobbies things that you've been involved in, you kind of like, I just don't want to do that anymore. I just want to have nothing. See, burnout happens when we get disillusioned, when, we, when something we care about starts slowly morphing and getting kind of taken away from us in this way. And usually it's our enthusiasm is one of those markers. Now, burnout is different than just having a bad day. See, a bad day is caused by an event. Maybe a project at work didn't turn out. Or, you know, you, you come home and you realize, oh, your kid got into that jar of peanut butter and smeared it over the whole house. Like, 
those are an event that causes a bad day. But burnout is something cumulative. Burnout is something that happens over time. It's, it's when chronic stress and fatigue just start slowly chipping and chipping away. You probably can't point to one event or one situation that caused it to happen. But it was over a time and over a process. See, getting overwhelmed, again, is something normal. It happens. And when we're in that moment, we need to realize we're not the only one that's been there. So then this question comes up. Okay, we, we've got a, a working definition of burnout. We kind of know how it affects us. But how do we diagnose it? How do we figure out when it's happening? And, and for this part and for the rest of the series, we're going to borrow some medical terms. And the term we're going to focus on today is triage. Now, if you've ever had to go to an ER, the first thing they do is they triage you. And triage means that they kind of figure out, okay, what's the level of severity of what you're dealing with? And then what's the priority of what we need to fix first? See, if you come into the tree in and you're like having stroke symptoms, but also you've got a broken fingernail, they're not going to fix your fingernail first. You know, they're going to deal with the big things first. Now, I've had this happen once where you go into the emergency room and you go to the triage and they take you straight into the ER. And I'm going to back up a little bit and tell you how this happened. See, I was at, a, at, a, at a, a gathering, and it was a potluck thing, and I, I ate a dish that was there. And, okay, this happened years ago. It's no one in this room brought this dish. But I got violently sick. The, the sickest I've ever been was up the whole night, hugging the toilet, like that kind of violently ill. Sorry for the mental picture. But the next morning, I finally got to sleep. The next morning, I wake up, and it feels like someone has heaped burning coals on top of my chest. There's this, like fire burning through my chest. And so I get up, I, I try to eat breakfast, I don't really want to eat anything, and I finally say to Nikki, yeah, I should probably go to a walk-in. I should probably go figure out what this is. And so Nikki drops me off at the walk-in, and she goes to work, it takes a little while in the room, because I didn't get there right when they opened, and I finally go in, and I see the doctor, I start explaining what's going on, and I tell you, this doctor did not have a poker face. He instantly goes as white as his lab coat, his eyes are as big as dinner plates, And he says, you need to get to emergency right now. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm young, I'm fine. What do you mean I need to get to emergency? He says to me, I think you've torn open your esophagus and you're leaking stomach acid into your body. I'm like, oh, okay, that could be a problem. So I call Nikki, she picks me up. We go to the emergency room. I go in, I sit with the triage nurse. I start telling him, okay, this is what happened. This is what I was feeling. I was just at the walk-in. He doesn't even finish his questions, and he grabs me and takes me into an ER bed. And they say, no, it's not your esophagus. It's not that. We think you're having heart issues. I'm like, what are you? I'm, I'm like 21, 22. Like, I'm too young for heart issues. What's going on? So they throw all these sensors on me, and right away, nope, not heart issues. We don't know what it is. Just wait. But it's not super critical. So I'm like, okay, what's going on? And you're probably wondering, what does this have to do with burnout? I'm getting there. Just, just track with me for a moment. So finally, the doctor and the medical student come back, and they're, they're discussing, so what is it? Is it this? No. Is it this? No. Is it this? No. And finally, the medical student actually says, well, what if it's this? The doctor goes, eh, test him. And so she pokes me in my side somewhere around here, and it just burns. It just hurts like crazy. And they go, oh, we know what it is. Apparently, you can strain and tear the muscles of your diaphragm from throwing up really hard. I did not know that. That's all it was. It was go home, take an Advil, lie on the couch, you'll feel better in a day. That was it. And they, you know, booted me out of the ER. 
So where does this connect? See, sometimes with burnout, we misdiagnose what's going on. And a good doctor, any doctor and medical staff that know what they're doing, they have this system. You know, we figure out what the symptoms are, we figure out the cause, then we treat the cause, and then we let you go. Now, if that first doctor had not gone through what's actually going on here, I would have had a scope shoved down my throat and they would have had to do surgery and then realize, wait, there's nothing going on. It's not that problem. See, when we triage, when we try to diagnose, we need to make sure what's going on. See, most of us get stressed, overwhelmed, or even burnt out because we make the wrong diagnosis of the symptoms we're feeling. Think about it. Maybe you're just like, you know, I'm not sleeping well. I guess I just, I just need that, that pillow's too old. I just need a new pillow, and then I'll sleep better. And we don't realize there's actually something deeper going on. Or maybe we think, you know, this is just a busy season of my life. It's going to pass in, you know, a month when this project gets done, and then I'll be okay. Or maybe we think, you know, I just need to, to handle my calendar better and say no to more things, and then I'll be all right if I just do that one thing. See, burnout is rarely caused by just one thing. And we might think that changing one little thing will fix it. But here's, here's kind of the, the, the cold reality about burnout, is burnout often takes a series of changes. Burnout often takes a bit of more time to work through. So how do we make the right diagnosis? And how do we make the right realization about what's going on? And before we do that, I want, to throw, I want to throw a question up here, a second one, to say, what's a warning sign you've seen in your own life that you're approaching burnout? What's maybe one of those little you know, red blinking lights or a little red flag that maybe you've experienced that said, hey, I'm getting overwhelmed here. I'm starting on this path to burnout. So how do we triage for burnout? How do we figure out this diagnosis of what we really need to do? And I want to use an, an, an illustration for this. Most of the people here, you probably drove here in a car. And on your car, on your dashboard, there's a whole bunch of hidden lights that pop up when something goes wrong. Those are your warning lights to say, hey, there's something wrong in the mechanics of your car. And also on your dashboard, there's a gauge called a tachometer. And what a tachometer does is it measures how fast your engine is turning. And it's measured in what's called revolutions per minute, RPMs. And what that tachometer does is it shows you how much faster you can make your engine turn before things happen that can be quite spectacular and quite expensive at the same time. See, there's a red line on your car for a reason. And in fact, almost every car has some form of a governor that you actually can't put the needle into the red line. It starts bouncing on the rev limiter because it doesn't want you to destroy your car. But I want to use this tachometer image for a moment. Tachometer is measured. It's revolutions per minute. And we can use this as part of how we self-triage. We can think of it in terms of RPMs, relational, physical, mental, spiritual. If we think, talk about relational, have you started to maybe want to push people away? Or maybe have you been like especially irritable when you're around other people or if they ask you something? You know, Maybe you've gotten kind of snappy or you've realized that everyone kind of is trying to avoid your cubicle at work and kind of, you know, take the long way around to stay away from you. See, burnout can have a relational effect. 
where we can often want to push people away and people may not want to be around you. An example of a, of a physical warning sign might be things like not being able to sleep, you know, not being able to turn off your brain at the end of the night and relax and be able to, to go to bed. Or sometimes things like a rapid weight gain or a rapid weight loss can be a sign that something is going on that's not quite right. You know, or, or do you have just constant aches and pains that have no real source? You know, headaches that don't seem to go away. Do you, do you have like sore shoulders? Like your, your upper shoulder and your neck is often where we kind of, when we're, when we're stressed, we tense up and we start to strain those muscles. These are some of the physical warning signs that can happen. Some of the mental warning signs, this is talking about our emotional, kind of our emotional well-being. Do you ever have almost, you describe them almost like an intrusive thought? Like maybe you love your job. You've loved your job for years. And all of a sudden, you're just out of the blue one day, you're, you're showing up to work, you just think, I should quit. I should just walk in, quit, and walk out. Or, or maybe it's the, I should just disappear and go on a long trip and tell no one. You know, that, that would solve it. You know, that's one of those little warning signs that, hey, you know, things might not be quite right. You might be reaching a stage of being overwhelmed. You know, sometimes it's that mental fog where everything just feels fuzzy. Everything just feels like you can't think straight. Now, if you're in the middle of exam week and you're approaching it, you know, it's normal. Things are going to feel fuzzy. But we're talking about in terms of if this is ongoing and and habitual and it's happening often. And the last one to look at in our self-triage, our RPMs, is our spiritual. Is it hard to feel connected to God? Is it harder than it used to be? Does it feel like when we gather here or if maybe you, you decide you want to work to spend some time praying or in devotions reading scripture and you're like, I just, I just can't do it or I just can't make sense of it. It just feels distant. That might be a sign that we've got something going on that's, that's blocking us from being able to connect with God. See, these things, now you may not have all of them. You may only have some of them. But if you look at these, some of these relational, physical, mental, spiritual things that, that might be showing up as warning signs, and you connect them and say, you know, am I losing enthusiasm at the same time? You might be on a path towards getting burnt out. You might be getting overwhelmed. Now again, this is normal. 71% of Canadians are highly stressed or under a fair bit of stress constantly. And the chronic stress and fatigue builds up over time. This, is, this might be a little bit of a warning sign, a bit of a wake-up call. And so again, to that question two that was up there in a moment, what's a warning sign you've seen in your own life? Maybe there's one that, that I didn't list that you've experienced. What's a warning sign you've seen that you're approaching burnout or getting overwhelmed? See, if you're in this stage, if you feel like you're getting a bit burnt out, you're feeling like you're getting overwhelmed, maybe you're thinking, man, I really shouldn't have come to church I don't want a pastor to talk to me about being overwhelmed. I just, I just didn't want to deal with this right now. Here's the truth. God loves all of us deeply, just like the songs we were just singing about God's deep love for us. God doesn't want us to be burnt out. God doesn't want us to be overwhelmed. He didn't design us and make us just to get burnt out, stressed out, overwhelmed, and want to quit everything. That's not what God made us for. And I want to tell you two quick stories about Jesus and, and things that he did that relate to this. And the first one comes from Luke 18. 
verse 40. And I, and I want to just start just before this passage of Scripture that's on the screen. Jesus, this is later on in his ministry, and he's traveling, and, and people know that one of the things that Jesus does is he heals people. And as he's traveling, there's approaching Jericho, there's a blind beggar up ahead, and he starts calling out and yelling, Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Son of David means that, that he's connecting Jesus to King David of the Old Testament, who is regarded as the best king. The, the highlight of the, of the Israelite history was when David was the king. And when this blind beggar is calling Jesus Son of David, he's connecting Jesus to David and saying, you are important, just like David was. He calls out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And people around this beggar are trying to quiet him down and say, you're distracting it. You know, you're just causing a ruckus. You know, be quiet. But he keeps calling out. And finally, Jesus says, here's the man. He stops, orders that the man be brought to him. Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? This man says, Lord, I want to see. And right then, Jesus healed him. Now, there's a key phrase, and I want us to dwell and focus on this. What do you want me to do for you? Now, we could say, Jesus, like, come on, this guy is blind, he's a beggar, you're God, you know what he wants. Why are you asking this question? Come on, Jesus, don't you just know already what this blind man needs? But instead, Jesus asks this question, what do you want me to do for you? See, if you put yourself in that story, maybe your affliction wasn't being blind, but if you're calling out and Jesus is there in front of you and he says, what do you want me to do for you? What would you say? What would you ask Jesus for? What would you want Jesus to do for you in that moment? If you're saying, you know, I'm in this state where I think I might be approaching burnout, I might be getting overwhelmed. What do you think you would ask Jesus for? See, the blind man, he could have said, you know, I want money, I want a home. But he knew what the core issue was. He wanted his vision back. And now Jesus did something incredible. He healed him immediately. Now the truth is, our healing may not be instant. Sometimes it can be. God can do that. Sometimes our healing takes time. But I want to say, why, does this, why am I focusing on healing and why does this matter? See, if we go back to the beginning of Jesus' ministry, just after he gets baptized, he spends 40 days in the wilderness, then he comes back and he's in his hometown. And you know, you've heard me talk about this passage before because it's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. But it's found in Luke 4, verse 18 and 19. Jesus comes to the synagogue on the Sabbath and they ask him to teach and they hand him the scroll of Isaiah and Jesus rolls open this scroll, finds this passage, and he quotes Isaiah. And he says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and the time of the Lord's favor has come. And then Jesus rolls up this scroll, hands it back to the attendant, sits down, and everyone's looking at him like, okay, what does this mean? And Jesus says, I tell you, these scriptures have been fulfilled this very day. And, you know, everything gets crazy and they all get angry at him because how can you claim that you are the fulfillment of this because they haven't realized he's the son of God yet? 
But this is, this is Jesus' purpose statement. This is his thesis. This is his mission. This is what he came to do. Think about that line. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And you skip down to the highlighter point. He's anointed me so that the oppressed will be set free. God wants to set us free from being burnt out and overwhelmed. That's part of what it means that the oppressed would be set free. God does not want us to live burnt out and overwhelmed and stressed out. So when Jesus later on is encountering this blind man and he says to him, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus is setting things up to set this man free of what's oppressing him. So here's the bottom line. Here's what I want us to to tackle and focus on. You didn't burn out in one day. You won't fix it in one day. Burnout doesn't happen in one day. We're probably not going to fix it in one day. It's going to take a process. So today, that's what we're focusing on. We're focusing on how do we diagnose it? How do we realize it? And over the next three weeks, we're going to carry this on. But I've got one more question about the starting point. If you've been burnt out or overwhelmed, what was something that helped you take the first step towards overcoming it? What was something that helped you just take that first step, no matter how small it was, towards saying, I don't want to be burnt out anymore. I don't want to be overwhelmed. I want to take that first step. And so what we're going to do, and we're going to take a couple minutes and do this right now, is if you've been typing something in on the Uversion event, it's going to pop up on my screen here, and we're going, to, we're going to discuss some of these things together. And Tristan at the back, he's got a microphone that he's going to bring around so that everyone can hear what's going on. So for the first question, how would you describe your level of stress? Okay, we really need to talk about this. 38.5% said highly stressed. 30% said fairly stressed. So you were right on that mark of matching the stats. Except we've got more in that highly stressed, so I think it's a good thing we're tackling this, right? So for this question number two, what's a warning sign you've seen in your own life that you're approaching burnout? I'm going to read a couple of these, and then we're going to open it up if you want to add something to say. Extreme tiredness, withdrawing from my normal activities in life. I know I'm approaching burnout when I don't want to be around anyone, even people I love. Emotional breakdown, lack of sleep, easily frustrated, crying feeling crabby, not reading my Bible, knowing I'm going the opposite direction I should, feeling lethargic with no interest in my hobbies, distancing myself. And then this last one that that for anyone that's a parent, we can probably relate to this. I know I can. feel I'm more easily irritable with my kids and I start pulling away from them. How about this? Is there anything more, anything more someone would want to add? What's a warning sign? Maybe one of those blinking lights on your dashboard that you've seen you're approaching burnout. And just stick up your hand and Tristan will bring the mic to you so we can all hear. Uh, any, any thoughts to add? Have we, have we covered this well? Oh, oh, over here. Hello, I just like the definition that it's when the things that you normally love and are passionate about, you stop being. Because I think if we don't recognize it's burnout, we just think everyone else has changed. Or we start blaming other people, or this job used to be great, but now everybody here is awful. Or this used to be my favorite thing, but now it's not anymore. What's wrong with that thing? Mm-hmm. Instead of recognizing it's us and it's our perspective. So I just liked, I really liked that starting point. And that brings up something really key because it's, it's the responses we want to blame. It's something external to us is causing this. 
And, and it might be part of the problem, but it's not only that. Uh, any other thoughts? Any, anything else to add on this? What's a warning sign you've seen in your own life? So how about this third question? Oh. Sleep. <clears throat> Sorry. Sleeping more. Sleeping. When I get really, really burnt out, I, I want to sleep all the time. And I think that's probably common for a lot of parents in this room. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a very common one. And, and sometimes it can, it can be either side of that coin, depending how you're wired, where you just want to cocoon in your bed and shut the whole world out. Or, you know, in, for me, I can tell I'm reaching burnout when I feel like I only want like three hours of sleep a night. And I know it's not healthy long term. And so it can be that either way. Like if you just suddenly crave 18 hours of sleep a day or very little, that's one of those, yeah, that's a great warning sign point out how about this third question if you've been burnt out or overwhelmed what was something that helped you take the first step towards overcoming it and i just want to highlight a couple that came in on the app here first one was admitting it to the people in my life sometimes that just that state of admitting it and saying yes i am feeling this realizing the value of self-care and then there's a, a few here that's that have all said kind of the same sort of thing of giving it up to God, praying with someone, praying and committing my situation to God. And then there's a a really interesting one I just want to dwell on for a second. Stop trying to do God's job. Sometimes, you know, and and often it comes out of deep love. We want to do what God is trying to do in someone else's life. We try to fill that role. We want to change their situation. And maybe we don't realize we don't have the power to do that, but our role is to be the friend. Our role is to be the partner on that journey, not laying it all out for them. Um, we got a, a comment over here on this one as well. What's, what's something that helped you take the first step? Well, I was burnt out about two and a half years ago, and I stepped in here. I came through the doors, and I made that small step to uh, get closer to God. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. That's so encouraging to hear. Any other thoughts? Just in the middle here. All right, Tristan knows the order of the people who stuck up their hands. It also helps a lot if you have to talk to somebody you love Mm -hmm. and the support that you get from them and to pray together, all that really helps. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of someone overcoming burnout where they didn't talk to someone, where they didn't find someone to, to share what was going on, to pray about it with. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard a story of someone who said, yeah, I just did it on my own. Um, We always need people around. I I think in the moment, the most helpful thing I've ever found, whether it's you're in burnout or you're just plain overwhelmed, is take a deep breath. Actually, like, take that moment and take a deep breath and things slow down. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, I just in my job, in my training when I was early on and I wasn't, I didn't have the confidence it would be very easy to get overwhelmed, and it, that's what someone passed on to me. Just take that first deep breath and then go from there. So it takes five seconds, and it's probably one of the smartest things you can do in that moment when you start feeling that pressure is just stop, take a breath. Five seconds is not going to cause a problem, but it's going to set you, start setting you in the right mindset. Well, I think we've all, uh, especially... When we were younger, uh, we bought into society that said, you can have it all. 
and uh, just the natural aging process, uh, as I look back on my life, uh, once you get older and realize that that, that society uh, buy into, you can have it all, especially when you think of uh, ladies. You know, uh, you can have a career, you can have your children, you can have it all, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work. And just getting older and being satisfied with life is a big help. Mm-hmm. So there's the preview of next week, because, and that's exactly it. If we've bought into this thought that I can do everything, I can have it all, I can manage everything, we're going to push ourselves beyond our limits. And that's when, like, when too much is too much, when we reach that point. I want to come back to our thought that I said just before, and this is, this is what I hope you remember and focus on, and I hope this actually gives you hope. You didn't burn out in one day. You won't fix it in one day. It may feel like a long journey, and it might be. It probably will. But there is a path out of burnout. Burnout is not a life sentence. Feeling overwhelmed is not what every single day for the rest of your life is going to be. We all have the ability to do it. And it comes back to exactly what we've been saying about why we gather here is because we know that there's this deep connection that God wants to have with every single one of us. When, when God came into earth, when he came as Jesus, he came with this purpose to say, I've come to s- preach good news to the poor to set the captives free, to restore sight to the blind, that the oppressed would be set free, and the time of the Lord's favor has come. That's what Jesus came to do. Part of what the whole reason why God stepped into the earth was to be able to show us what that looks like. What does it mean to be free of those things? And that's what we're going to talk about over the next three weeks. Next week, we're, we're continuing on with some medical terms that we're borrowing for this series, and we're going to be talking about critical care. What is the first steps that you need to do in that critical moment to start turning that path around? We're going to talk about critical care. Then the next week, we're going to talk about treatment. What are the the longer-term pieces that we need to set in place that will, you know, turn that ship around and then keep it on the direction we want it to be? And then finally, we're going to wrap up this series by talking about rehabilitation. And what we mean by that is we're talking about what are the safeguards? What are the things we need to put in place to live a burnout-free and a being-overwhelmed-proof life. So that's what we're going to do over the next three weeks. I hope you'll come back and join us for them, tackle this together. But before we go, let me pray for us together. Heavenly Father, thank you that you created us and you know us intimately. You know all these warning signs. You know how you wired us right down to the smallest cell. And God, you didn't create us to be overwhelmed. You didn't create us to be burnt out. And so, Father, as we wrestle with this topic today, as we wrestle with this over the next month, would you start speaking to us in ways that when we come to you with that question of, when we come to you and you ask us that question of saying, what do we want you to do for us? Would we start to realize the things that we need to do, the things we need to change to move forward? Father, would you guide us and lead us in this process and help us start to recognize burnout before it affects us? and be able to start taking real and tangible steps towards the health and the fullness of a relationship with you that you desire for us. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, I forgot to say something before I prayed. 
If you're on the Uversion event, at the very bottom there's a link. And this is a really simple, take maybe five minutes to do. It's, a, it's an online self-burnout assessment. Now, there's some kind of instructions about it. it. It's not a full medical diagnosis. It's not anything like that. But it might help you start thinking, huh, maybe there's something about this. And if you aren't on the Uversion event, we're going to post it on our Facebook, our social media pages later for you to find that link and see it. So folks, I hope you have a great week and I hope you join us again next Sunday as we talk about critical care for burnout. We hope this message helped you to take the next step in your faith journey. If you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us Sundays at 11 a.m. You can find out more about us by going to mygrandvalley.ca.